inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. And we're two siblings who happen to be blind. Outlook. Radio Western. Hello and good morning. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. This is Outlook here on Radio Western. This is our final show of the summer. Oh, yeah, the summer. Yeah, I was like, not September. <laughs> I know, I was trying to think for a second. I was like, wait, what am I saying? The fall? No, the fall hasn't started. <laughs> It'll be starting later this week. But uh, yeah. Yeah, so here we go. It's starting to, it's a little bit like, cooler out there, but it's still pretty nice out. I found the weather lately has been been pretty good as we talk about the interesting, fascinating topic of weather at the top of Outlook some weeks. Well, we can ask our guests about it too, but she's just in Toronto here, so not as far as sometimes. Yeah, we have a lot of guests often from BC, Canada and the the States and stuff, so today we do have a local guest on on the show, so definitely looking forward to uh, the discussion on Outlook here today at Radio Western, and just again, it's always nice to, I think, start off at this time of year to welcome all the students, if anyone new happens to be listening right now. Our show, Outlook, we've been doing this for just over four years now, and we just think disability, in our case, blindness, but all disabilities and diversity and, and all these things need to be talked about more, so this is, shows such a great opportunity here at Radio Western, and if, if you're not familiar with the station here and you and you are on campus or you go to school here, definitely stop by sometime and, uh, and just make that connection, because it's such a great uh, resource here at the university that maybe isn't always used as much as it could be, so. Exactly. Welcome, everyone. Another year, and uh, here we go with another guest this week. Indeed. Yes, so this guest uh, I met back in the winter, pretty much, at a program she offered that I did over Zoom, as many things were done during the pandemic here. And uh, she taught me about some of the skills that I kind of like to work on here to speak more confidently. And I saw that her and a few others were offering a program last year, or last January, I think it was, and I... I signed up. So we're going to speak to her today about speaking with confidence is the name of the program. And like everybody needs these skills if you want to speak anywhere, I guess. And so anybody could take them. But this group was specifically a group of blind people, blind students, I guess we were. And uh, we were just happy to get some advice on how we could improve that. And because practice helps here at the station, but there's other things that you that you can learn. Yeah, part of it is just, I think, like anything in life, the more you do something, the more confident you can get at it. And I've been doing Outlook now, like I just said, for just over four years. And I was been hosting a music show here for five years now. So just doing all of that over time and just practice has definitely helped me a lot. But it doesn't hurt to, to go into, like you say, take another course or find some other sort of third, another platform to... To, to give it some experience because it it's one of those things sometimes you feel like it could be easy but it, in the moment especially doing this talk show sometimes you find that you, you it is hard to speak confidently all the time and sound professional and and so it's, it's always a work in progress so I do think this guest today is definitely a, a great one to really get into this and discuss the skills so we'd like to el- welcome to Outlook today Nazreen Buta so I just want to say thanks um, so much Nazreen for, for joining us here today on Outlook Thanks, Brian and Carrie, for inviting me. Happy to be here, the local girl. Yes. So yeah, so you're calling in today from, uh, just to let our listeners know where you're calling from in Toronto. from. 
Yes, and Brian, I wondered if you were going to ask her more about that since you often like to talk to people who are in Toronto. Talk about where you lived and, and the parts of Toronto you, you frequented. And Yeah, I used to live in Toronto for about five years from 2007 to 2012. And... Uh, I definitely liked it. It's it's one of those things I kind of miss being here in London, but in some ways it was nice to to get out of the bigger big city. But it was really convenient. I found with the subway and streetcars and buses and and all that kind of stuff. So, how do you find uh, living in in Toronto, there, Nazarene? Um, it's it's fun. It's hectic. It's noisy. <laughs> um, I love riding the subways. The streetcars are always fun. Um, you know, and there's just always something to do in each and every neighborhood. It's very ethnic-based. There's different pockets of different cultures, from you know, the, <clears throat> the South Asian culture to Little Italy to the Greek culture on Danforth to uh, the Indian culture on Gerard Street to uh, our two great markets, Kensington Market and St. Lawrence Market, totally full of culture, food, festivities, fun. Uh, for anybody coming in to Toronto, so yeah, it's 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 great. Now, have you been there? Have you lived there your entire life, or or um, how long have you been in in Toronto? Yeah, we've been in different parts of sort of the GTA. Right. Um, you know, Mississauga, Brampton, Toronto, like sort of the west corner of the lake, if you will, <laughs> mostly. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's kind of where we've been that area very good yeah i mean i visit there and i think if you haven't been there yet and you are you can go you should it's important to have that experience here in ontario if you can reach it by car or however you get there but i I don't know if i could live there but it does seem like awfully convenient and 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 there's a certain friend you know frenzied energy there i'm sure that i've experienced when i do visit that uh yeah, I find like when I go there, there's a certain energy that I feel. And I think it is just because there is so much going on. And it's, we're kind of lucky, I think, even just living here in London and Cary and Woodstock, Ontario. So we're still in southwestern Ontario. So Toronto's a, you know, it's a bit of a drive, but it's not too bad. Whereas Ontario is so big. For some people, it's not so easy to get to Toronto. And it's, I do agree that it's just, sometimes you can, you know, if you're out in the country or you're in a small town, you don't always get maybe more and more these days as, as things expand and stuff. But you don't always get that cultural experience as much and you might be a little bit um, sort of... Uh, sheltered. Sheltered, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's... I think Toronto just does open up that uh, that bigger world to realize kind of what's out there and uh, I do think it's neat that that we have such a, such a big city so close by. Yeah, and, you know, going there when we were younger, uh, it is almost like London, as I've said before on air, it's like not a second home exactly, but we know it well enough, so... For sure. So, yeah... Nazreen, we'll talk about uh, speaking with confidence for sure coming up here, but we just like to get a bit of background on our guests to know to know what your you know background is, you know where you grow up, or if we've talked about that already, uh, you could talk about your education or something to help get us to where we are in the current day when we do get there here on Outlook. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my background really is um, information technology. I went to uh, Sheridan College to get that way back when uh, information technology, not to give away my age, but it was just, when it was coming on this on the circuit and it was just a really uh, small course, we were one of the first 10 girls to take that course because uh, we could either go into medical or legal or sectorial. So I thought, oh, this would be cool because I loved computers. Um, so I got to 
work, you know, see the mono screens to colored streams to mice come in, not to, like again to give away my age, but it was just really great to see that uh, technology technology evolve. And then after a few years, I went back to the college for something, and my whole labs were full of just guys. It was just like really funny because I'm like, oh my goodness, <laughs> and it had just totally evolved into something else, information technology. But uh, yeah, that's that's sort of my background and. Um, you know, I loved computers. There's two things I love computers, and the other one was HR. And uh, so later down in my sort of journey, um, I ended up doing that as well, too. I took a course through uh, the Sourcing Institute Foundation uh, way back in 2015, and that led me into uh, a course in recruiting and sourcing, which allowed me to, once I completed the online course, we were a pilot of uh, the first ever pilot of people with disabilities to take uh, a visual impairment to be exact um, a course in recruitment and recruiting and sourcing and get into the HR vertical. And I project managed that course as well as um, came out the other side as a certified recruiter. So my two passions and love between um, technology and human resources and working with people, uh, I, I really am fortunate sort of to have both of those career aspects in my life now that once were aspirations and so i consider myself a dynamic difference maker somebody who wears different hats and help you know and i help to um launch or relaunch the skills of people uh skills of people with disabilities or, or any anybody's you know the ones who skill themselves so um those are sort of you know where where i kind of um got my sort of starts from and also i had to relaunch my own my own career as well too um as well and so it was only befitting that uh, once i learned how to do that that i channel my energies into and, and focus into helping others and that, that's kind of what i've been doing um also you know i have uh, um uh, also like i mentor and coach people as well as so a lot of mentoring experience a lot of coaching experience i just finished a program with uh the afb a leadership um uh, one leaders uh, development program with the AFB so that was really great and enriching and so I'm always mentoring coaching um, others and um, in, in essence I've just uh, trained uh, and um, worked with over three to four hundred vision impaired people in my, in my last four or five years six years well, since I've been in this game workforce development training is another area and aspect that I also do and help others with so it's really about one, helping them to launch or relaunch and reskill themselves so they can get back into uh, the game, get back into the job market. And the reason, the passion, and the drive behind that for me is because when I had a lifestyle change, when I was diagnosed with RP, uh, you know, a few many, many, many years ago, six, seven years ago now, um, I had no help. I had no support systems in place. I didn't oh, know really? what to do, what, where to look, who to speak with. Yeah. Um, so once I learned all the ropes. Uh, then I decided, well, let me see if I can help others. So that's sort of a little bit about my background and sort of my, my beginning, humble beginning journey. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, um, technology and, you know, all this stuff you say you're interested in, that's everything that you need to do, that you do when you help run speaking with confidence. So I'm sure that manages all of your, your favorite sort of skill groups. Uh, yeah. yeah. We'll get well, to that, but yeah, I just thought. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's why I say I wear many hats in workforce development training, recruiting and sourcing. I'm a consultant. So I love business development. I help um, 
you know, other companies out there, give them, you know, just a business to don't work with them. And, uh, you know, so it's just a whole bunch of things that I love to do that I have um, acquired uh, and sharpened my talents in over the years. So uh, that's why I say I wear many hats. Yeah. And I think in this day, this day and age, I think, of course, like certain careers, people can just sort of stick with one thing and that's their career, but it's not as common as it maybe used to be. So I think, you know, having, wearing many hats and having different, your, your, your feet in different areas like that, I think it is important and it gives you that well-rounded sort of thing, you know, a whole bunch of different areas that you can offer advice or, or some, you know, skills to, to help out others. And it's also really interesting. I think that you know, you find yourself in that position where you get, you're stuck with trying to sort out, figure out a career and figure out how to, how to change or pivot when you, when you were diagnosed with, with RP, retinitis pigmentosa. And it's, it's one of those things that I think, you know, sometimes for a lot of people, we get a career and then we're so busy with that. We don't really have the time to kind of coach or give anyone, you know, some sort of tips. Cause it's hard to get out there. It's hard to, it's hard to find. And we talk a lot on this show about the unemployment rate in the blind community being so high and, and that it shouldn't be that way. And we need to make change for that. So it's always nice when you can meet somebody in a, a role model or somebody that you can just learn from and look, or look up to and somebody else that's out there, they're doing it. So I think it, it is just fantastic to hear that you offer, offer these, uh, these services. And so when did you have RP that started affecting your life that you noticed things? Um, was it gradual? Yeah, sure, that's a good, yeah, it was actually kind of gradual. And um, I noticed like changes in my eyesight about, you know, about five, six years ago. And uh, reading was one of the biggest things because it affected my central vision. I didn't have the tunnel vision one. Um, I don't know which one is better or worse at yeah. this rate. Yeah. But uh, when I was diagnosed, or I saw, sorry, when I when I saw the differences, um, and then you know, I, in my vision and and all those speckles and things that were just different in my central vision, then when I went to get um, uh, tested and I was diagnosed with RP, it was just sort of devastating because, you know, they are, they just test you and they tell you the book, um, you know, the book prognosis, but they don't tell you anything else. It's like, well, you're going to be totally blind by a certain X age. And for me, it was like a walks, like a walking plank. Each day became a walking plank to that that day or that year that I was diagnosed. I'm sorry that I was told that this is this is the this is the year when you turn a certain age. This is that time when you're going to be fully totally blind. And and so when the old, and so when you ask, well, what is the treatment for this? And it's sad to hear there was really no treatment. I don't really still think there is a treatment for it. But one of the things that I was told that if you wear sunglasses, that will help prevent it or slow it down. So I took that as gospel. And and so I invested in like, you know, many, many pairs of sunglasses. And so whenever I go outside, whether it's a cloudy day or not, I put on those sunglasses because that was one of the reasons why I was able to sustain my vision. Yes, it's deteriorated over the years. It's a slow progress. But at least it didn't go in one wham, you know, one big bang or something, you know, wham, it's gone. Um, so I, I can still, you know, it, it's still there. Like I can, I still have some vision. I have preferred vision. I, my central vision, it's really awkward to say if it comes and goes, some moments are clear, some moments are not. Yeah. And so that's why I say blindness is always on the spectrum because two people with RP two, will not see the same. And, and, and it doesn't matter what the textbook says or what you know the professionals will just regurgitate to you what they've learned but they don't know because they have it's not their eyes that they're seeing through it's just 
it, it, I mean, I'm not dismissing what they're saying. I'm just saying it holds some value. It does hold some value. But at the end of the day, blindness is a spectrum. And no two people with RP will see the same. And that that is a fact. And that's something we're all coming to terms with and learning. And I've learned that along the way as well, too. So I'm, I'm excited that I still, you know, able to do a lot of things, um, see color, still see, see things. There are those moments when, uh, you know, maybe my um, the RP or something or the light the light is always going to be the devil's advocate here sometimes. It's always going to be, you know, it's going to, depending on the light, it could be a make or break deal for me to see something clearly um, or, or best as possible. Let's put it that way. Yeah. It's clear is, uh, <laughs> it's, it's long, it's long gone, but um, best as possible. And so I, I take every advantage of any light, perception, clarity, anything that, that is in my vision scope as, you know, part of, um, me doing what I need to do and uh, continue to be sort of quote unquote on on the the normal spectrum Mm -hmm. Um, for me, for me anyway. I I often think that that when you go to an ophthalmologist or whatever specialist or doctor you're seeing who might give you that sort of idea that there's a diagnosis, I, I just, I think there's still such a disconnect between that office and then they're like, okay, this is what it shows on this test we just did. Now, I guess go to the CNIB. Like, there's got to be, there should be more connection there. There should be a soft place for someone to fall to get some accurate information, whether they have to have a specialist, like someone on the staff who who's blind. And, and of course, not everybody's going to be the same as that other person, but somebody who has lived experience to maybe just give you another perspective than the eye doctor who just studied the eye in medical school and does exactly, surgery. Exactly, That is, yeah, that's lived shared experience because I think that's really key um that's why I've been able to work with with this community because I have that lived shared experience I have both experience being fully sighted and and then you know being sort of partially sighted as as it is and so I have that compassion and empathy to help others in in this um in this community with all the different spectrums that are out there and that's what we talk about on this show quite a bit too. And I think that's partly why we do this show is to try to start building that community more and more. And and just, again, of course, not all blind people see the same and that's sometimes a misconception out there. And it's because people just don't know, but they, they aren't educated on a lot of this stuff. Um, but, you know, I think it's, it is such a good point that it's, nothing in life is generally that simple and blindness is, is no exception to that. But I think it's like anything when people go and they, and something's wrong, they want like a, an answer, sometimes like a, what you might call a simple answer. Or they want some diagnosis that, and of course we all want to kind of figure things out and know what's wrong, but it's sometimes it's not as realistic to just be like, you know, this is this. And, and it's such a hard sort of facts when it's really so, it just varies so much for for every person. And, and sometimes it is just such a medical model instead of really starting to get that social model going. And I think it's starting to happen luckily more and more, especially with the internet and technology to be able to, to make these connections. And you mentioned an AFB course that you recently took. Um, AFB, I believe, based, is based out of the US. So again, now we can yep. sort of break those barriers and reach other countries and really start to try to build this community because we really do need support from each other. Even if our overall experiences aren't identical, it's still we have certain things in common living with, with blindness and, and that we can share and, and with others. And it's like you talked about when you were diagnosed with, with RP and it kind of sounds like at the time you were sort of lost, like, where do I go from here? What do I, what do, I do? And yeah. and it's because the, the doctor just kind of tells you this and and then you kind of go home and you're like, okay, well, where's the support? What, what can I do now? And you do kind of feel alone. And well, I think- especially if you've grown up 
not in the blindness community at all. Like we right. had each other and we had friends that at camps, you know, it was part of our childhood. If you don't have that piece of it, then yeah, you don't know where to go. You're set adrift, I'm sure. And I, I wish Nazreen that there had been more lived experience or emotional peer support there at right when you needed it kind of. So, so do I actually carry, but that's why I, I've been so passionate and determined to help others out there because, mm-hmm. uh, because of my own, uh, having to help myself, uh, and, and then understanding that, you know, once I was working on site, now I have to shift that mind sh- change and the whole perception of going to work, uh, you know, taking the bus or taking, you know, driving down or whatever it was uh, to now shifting to be, able to be to be able to do work, but how to do work. So she's shifting my mindset to being remote now. And uh, so I love remote work because it allows, it gives me the power I need to kind of have my own schedule and do what I need to do and um, allows me to still to be professional. And I love that, love that part of it. And you know what, Brian, uh, just, just so you know, I have surpassed that age that he said I would be totally blind. So, uh, you know, um, I guess, uh, you know, I, I don't know what to say to him, but as, as a professional, it's more like, haha. You know, I want this one. (laughs) It's almost like, sorry, buddy. (laughs) Sometimes as professionals and it's, it's a tricky thing. And you know, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor or a specialist. I don't know kind of what it would be like, but I think sometimes being more realistic would be to kind of say like, and it's, it's tricky, I think, because people do want this specific answer. They want like a set time for things, but sometimes it might be more realistic to just be like, we don't really know like how this is going to how this is going to work or how gradual this is going to be there's a chance within this certain amount of time you won't be able to see but but we're not sure this is we're all learning this and sometimes i think people it's hard to sort of you know just say exactly the truth instead of sort of coding it a little bit with this these specifics <laughs> to give people something to grasp onto and it's exactly it's tough, i almost want to take i almost want to tell him to take his medical model and you know do what with it so <laughs> yeah it's like so many things where it's it's tricky because of course, we're not on this show ever saying like, oh, they shouldn't ever be doing, you know, research for diagnostic for, tests. Yeah. And- cures and all this kind of stuff is important. But it's also like <laughs> there's got to be a balance to, to realize that just because, you know, we have this some medical facts or information, it's always changing and we're always learning. And it's like science in all of these areas where it's not it's not static. It's always changing. And it's because everyone's learning as we go. And and uh, I just think exactly. hopefully mm-hmm. people can be a little bit more open about that and, and realistic. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk a bit about speaking with confidence, Nasreen, and then we'll jump on to a few other things you're doing and then maybe end on it again. But I wanted to mention again sure. that we are uh, talking to Nasreen Buddha today and you are starting, is it the sixth session? Yes, it's speaking the sixth with, session of Speaking with Confidence. Yes. So I want to give us a bit of background on how that happened. Yeah, sure. So before I do, I just want to start to say that, you know, Carrie, you were part of our fifth session and it was really great to see you grow and glow and, you know, definitely gain your uh, stride and confidence by the end of it all. So uh, Carrie is a lived experience of our program. Uh, This program was actually started up with uh, back down in 2020 before the whole COVID lockdown, you know, and and, and hunker down thing happened. Uh, I happened to be um, in a conference in New Jersey, and I met up with a whole bunch of people at the time, including um, a wonderful lady named Sylvia Stenson Perez, who were friends, and I also worked with her on a few other projects, which I'll probably disclose uh, later on. Uh, But but we met up, we started talking about different things, and then later when I got back to Toronto, um, we connected, and then 
decided that, you know, what can we do together? And one of the things that we both had a passion in was about public speaking. And I had some moderation training under my belt from my um, time at the project and um, a Boston-based company. And so therefore, we kind of put our, our heads together and we put our sort of talents together and came up with this Speak With Confidence course, which was designed around, um, you know, it's a mini, as I like to call it, it's a mini watered down uh, Toastmasters program where you are, you know, within a short few weeks, you learn the art of, you know, public speaking. You get to sharpen your skills, hone in on your skills, learn how to, you know, um, work with inflections, your pitch, your tone, be mindful of that learn the power of the pause. Right. And so within about 10 weeks, we designed a 10 week program, 10, 12 week program around those concepts. Mm-hmm. So it was the two of you. And then when did the third member of your of your group of facilitators join you guys? So we, first of all, we um, decided to kick it off in 2020 because everyone is locked down and we figured, you know, this is when Zoom is coming into, into existence and everyone's just kind of, jumping on the computer trying to figure out how to how to connect with the outside world again, uh, we took advantage of that and we kind of delved into our, our first session was sort of all of our friends and you know anybody in our friends list, we can find in our contacts list, we, we, we marketed it, we put it together like a, a program outline, a participant's guide, a training guide, we put it together and then we uh, marketed it to our friends basically at first and got them to kind of take the program. We also took the program ourselves to do a test run drive that kind of thing to see how it would work if there's any you know changes we need to do and make along the way and it was it was a success um we did charge for the program uh you know uh, right from the get-go you know and um but a really great and price that was really not a really really <laughs> yeah. i appreciate Thank you uh well we charge we charged about 30 bucks in the beginning but then when we saw uh, you know the second and third and after that we changed it to 45 dollars for the entire 10 12 weeks mm-hmm. uh program uh duration which we think is a steal for something like this. Um, Definitely. And and especially with the, the, the community, the, the visually impaired community, it's something that you know anyone can definitely afford. Um, truth be told, the value of the program is over $100 in my opinion, but uh, but like I said, we, we kept it down for, uh, deliberately down in price for a reason. And plus when we first put the program together, our initial intention was to see how far we would get with this. Would it even take off? It was a trial exercise run in the beginning the first session and when it took off and we got great feedback at the end of it we um launched a second we went into our second um session of it and the good thing about it in the first session like i said it was our friends and people we knew or people that we had trained and just, just kind of you know marketed to those people we knew and then from that there were many people that i knew and many people that sylvia knew and one person that stuck out to us the most out of uh, all of the list of people who took the program and did an excellent job uh, was um, somebody that I had been training at my um, Sourcing Institute, uh, Sourcing Institute Foundation um, recruiting and sourcing program, a pilot that I was running in 2020 as well in conjunction with this, you know, uh, not in conjunction with the program, but sorry, sorry uh, in parallel to the Speaker Confidence program. And um, he did um, so remarkably well in the Speaker Confidence that there became a seat open because a lady that was sitting doing, and she was cited, her name was Barbara. I don't remember her last name, but she uh, was a friend of Sylvia's and she was sitting there doing uh, the time check, 
and sort of watching the facial expressions and helping with the visualization uh, component in the in the program. And she was leaving, and so we uh, thought, you know, what would be, you know, who out of this program who's taken it would be a really great fit to sit in that seat moving forward. So we turned around and we decided, we, we both were thinking the same person. And so it was just like, oh, let's ask Dan Wilkesie. So we asked Dan if he would love to sit in and um, you know, give him his time and volunteer his time to this, this, this great cause. And he accepted in a heartbeat. And so Dan has with, been with us since then. We're into our sixth session. He's a vital part of the program. And um, Dan brings, you know, what to the program that, so that, that is that essence of the program that you know that it, that is is well needed and something that Sylvia and I don't bring to the program. So he brings and what he does bring kind of makes the program complete and whole. So uh, and Dan has his own story and journey. And if anybody who's taken on my program or wants to take my program, you'll you'll learn about it then and there. I know Carrie, you learned about Dan and his story and journey. Uh, did, yeah. And it's always a moving and touching moment. <laughs> it is. Yeah. No, we'll, you know, we'll let him tell that. Uh, but if anybody yeah. who in the blindness community would like to practice some public speaking, some confidence building, consider taking this program. It is starting here any day now, but you can reach out to Nazreen uh, and sign up. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah. Dan, Dan was a definite presence for sure. His voice is very, uh, it's attention grabbing. You focus on it. It's very clear. And yeah, I mean, so you two gals were, you know, blind and you're offering this for other blind people. But as we say, blindness is a spectrum and, and you had, a, you know, everybody was seeing a bit differently, <laughs> but still it helped to have someone like, you know, Dan being able to see, but that's not all he offered. He was just yeah, a strong part of the three of you. So, yeah, that sounds. Yeah, absolutely. And oh, sorry, sorry go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and Dan also runs the, uh, the the art of small talk. That's his sort of corner. So we gave him a little corner. It's kind of like table talk topics that sort of on the cuff, in, in, you know, improvised um, questions. He'll ask you and ask you to speak and get you sort of uh, flowing in 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 in, in the speech and confidence um, with that. So that's part of what he also does. But uh, we are kicking off our sixth session come September twenty seventh. Just in, you know, a few uh, next week. There are still seats available if anybody's interested. All right. So, yeah, we'll definitely um, um, get into that and, and kind of maybe the best way for people to reach out if they are interested in, in, in taking the Speaking with Confidence course. It definitely sounds like a really fantastic opportunity. And like you mentioned, the, the price there, of course, it's it's tricky to budget. And I think that's something we all struggle so, so oh, with, yeah. like how, so, how much do you charge? And, and it, it can be a tricky thing. So I think that's, that is such a, such a deal, but yet... You know, it's it's if if somebody does take it seriously and um, you know really appreciates it, you know maybe they can spread the word to to really make people sign up for it because it'd be a shame, you know, if there are open spots when you have to do the program where it's like this could be filled up. People could be could just, be yeah, they weren't they didn't get they didn't get notified. Yeah, about it. and it's like anything; it's hard to market and, and all of this stuff as we all learn as we try and get ourselves out there and figure things out. So, for anyone who's been listening today or maybe has just tuned in, we're speaking with Nazreen Buta calling from Toronto today. Nazreen is a consultant and trainer helping folks to launch or relaunch their careers. Also, Nazreen runs the Speaking with Confidence program. Next session starting here next week. And we'll get into that and more here on Outlook on Radio Western after these promos. Outlook.
Radio Western. And welcome back. You're listening to Outlook this morning on 94.9 CHRW Radio Western. We are back. Final episode of the summer. And we're speaking today, Brian, with Nazarene Buddha about a program she's launching the sixth session of. And this is for blind people who want to work on their speaking skills and their confidence building skills. I took it last January. So the program is called Speaking with Confidence. So thanks again, Nazarene, for coming on Outlook today. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been great to, to learn more about this. I know Carrie, as she mentioned just there, she took the this program uh, earlier this year. And so I learned a little bit about it through her, but I didn't know all the, all the specifics. So it's been great to learn more about it here. And I do think it's a skill that, you know, a lot of people could probably benefit from because it's, I think it's one of those things that, you know, of course we, we talk all the time and as humans, that's part of communication and stuff, but it's something that we always need to be working on. And it's, 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 it's a skill that it's, it's trying to build up. And I think I'm really trying to learn this with this show is to get the information out that I want in a concise kind of way sometimes. And it's sometimes it's hard to kind of keep things moving along and, and all of these skills I think kind of come with confidence and, and that's a big part of, of really, hosting a show or whatever it is that you, you are trying to lead in life or, or become a leader in, in any way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll just say a few things about the program and how I found it. I mean, so it was basically Tuesday nights for a couple hours we would come on and the program at the beginning says that there's four speeches we're going to do over our, over our weeks, over the weeks ahead, right? So we each have to focus on doing those four speeches within the, the weeks we're doing the course. Uh, but not everybody does a big speech every week. That's true, right? There's smaller things though that you you have mm-hmm. have us work on that put us on the spot to think, you know, quickly. Or or there's one where we one of us each week brings a joke. So you have a different fun little things that sprinkle in there, different ways to to practice and test these things. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I said, it's based on um, the Toastmaster. So we watered it down. So there is a so this way everyone gets a chance to speak at least. Uh, we have. Um, the motivational moment, or we have the joke of the day, and then there's that artist small talk with Dan to kind of just get rolling and starting, you know, each session. What we've also peppered in um, is educational moments where we talk about different things for like, let's say, uh, five to eight minutes, usually like, let's say the power of the pause, talk about, you know, why, why public speaking, what's the importance of public speaking, some do's and don'ts, um, talk about the elevator pitch, things that people would kind of need in a toolkit when it comes to public speaking or just communication, like Brian says, as, as just a general topic. Yeah, even and like, so a, a, job, a, even like a job interview, right? You know, whatever it might be. Absolutely. Yep, yep. We also, you know, look at those parts as well, too. And then we also have a session towards the end for those who, you know, need it on how to sort of run a PowerPoint uh, and also kind of, you know, speak at the same time because it's, it can be kind of daunting and difficult for people to to run technology while they're also speaking at the same time and and, and not being able to, you know, maybe not fully see the slides and all that and just trying to, you know, manage all of that so that your presentation goes off without a hitch and you walk out of there looking professional. So we, we even have, you know, that as well in place for anybody who needs it. And that's sort of a bonus at the offering at the end of the 10 to 12 weeks. Some weeks we go 10, some weeks we go, you know, 12. It all just, just depends on the size of the class and sort of, you know, sort of where we are in the in, in the year, calendar year um, and weeks and all that. So, uh, yeah, so those are extra things that we put in there. And like you said, Carrie, not everybody speaks every week because depending on our uh, 
our amount of you know people in the program. It could be that you speak every other week, but generally, and and you know there are speeches every week, and we do concentrate on the four major speeches. We kind of put them down to like let's say an identity speech because everybody has to identify themselves somehow, some way, right. whether that's through an elevator pitch, whether that's you know through a bio whether that's through, you know, if you're you're doing a public speaking at a podium and you need to start uh, your beginning, your identity is really important. And then we have the informative speech, which is talking about something that you know, a topic you know. And I usually, I love coffee. So I, I, yeah. I gave a speech. <laughs> Me too. On, <laughs> oh, good. That, that was a good one, yeah. Coffee, <laughs> coffee lovers. Um, on, on coffee and, and, and what that was to me, and I made it creative and interactive or, or at least put some more depth into my speech than just a bunch of words strung together uh and also we do the entertainment speech and that's another uh, great speech because it gets you to be visual and shows you how to kind of work uh the camera while giving your speech and maybe uh, using some of your body language your facial expressions your arms your if you're standing if you're sitting uh your shoulders like sort of you know your body into the movement of your speech and that happens sometimes because when we're speaking, you know, we at the podium or, or let's say in a Zoom room, we, we're not statue still and nobody wants to be statue still because that's so um, unnatural. And yeah, so- I, think, I think it's really interesting actually, sorry to interrupt there, but I think it's really interesting that you bring that up because I do think especially as, as blind people, we don't often maybe think about that as much. And it's not even that we don't do it. Like I think anyone sometimes, some people maybe more than others, some people are more animated than other people. But generally when we do speak, we do have movements and we do have facial, facial expressions. And it's something, it, it can be tricky when you can't see to always be aware of it. But I think having a bit of an understanding of it and, and just getting maybe a bit of help with it, just, just so that you, like you say, it, we aren't just standing there like a statue and we do have some movement to really show that we're into something. And I just quickly want to mention that it makes me think of me as a, as a musician. I, I play guitar and I play differently. I've always played flat on my lap. Um, and that's how I grew up playing. Just kind of that's how I found a guitar and I couldn't see how other people were playing it. So I sort of picked it up that way. But within about, I think it was about six or seven years ago, I'd been playing for, you know, almost 20 years. And a friend of mine designed this, came up with the idea to use a keyboard stand so I can stand up when I'm playing now. And I found that, you know, so much more freeing. Like I'm not, it's still a stand, so I can't like, you know, move around the stage all over the place. Mm-hmm. But at least standing up instead of sitting down, I find like I, you know, sway to the music a bit more. I can sort of move my feet a bit more. And I find I get into it a lot more instead of just kind of sitting still on a chair playing the guitar. And I think that could kind of tie in, sort of be a similar thing to a presentation that it, it also just gets people's attention. And, and as the presenter, I think you might get more into the role sometimes if you're, you know, moving around a bit or sort of more, a little bit more animated. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we teach those, and you mentioned that, like those nonverbal cues. So right. It's hard to kind of associate those when you when you can't see what's you know who's in the room or uh, you know how the room is situated. So we we give tips on like maybe going in, for example, going in early mm-hmm. to your presentation, asking somebody there to kind of orient you to the room or how people are seated and and sort of maybe place you on the podium or in front of the mic or however it is. And so that, and then to kind of show you, okay, look this way, look to the left, look to the right, look straight, um, because that's for how the audience is or how the room curves. Uh, and so you want to be as natural as possible up there, maybe doing some sort of like, you know, facial expression or connection, facial connection uh, with the with the audience. I'm not saying eye connection because that may be hard to do, but just at least you're 
full face connecting with the audience or the view of where the audience is sitting looking at you that's important and so we, we talk about these things and we get open about them uh in the in the program you know in the course uh, of the 10 12 weeks and talk about them and, and everyone shares their lived experiences and, and sometimes even the challenges that they may experience uh from their past uh speeches that they've done and we talk about that we break down those building blocks we share and everybody gets to eat it's a learning experience for everybody yeah and as brian was saying i grew up with more vision blindness is a spectrum hopefully people can hear that from anything that if if anything they get on the show and so i grew up looking in mirrors and seeing myself and seeing some images not all but a lot and so it's more self-conscious for me as i've lost more sight where as brian was born always with just light perception. He never saw clearly faces or anything. So I, you don't think about it until you are, you know, Brian is just doing it naturally the way he plays a guitar because he never showed him the way that everyone does it. Maybe he just picked that up and that's what he always would have done. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it's hard to make that body, do that body language stuff and make sure your face is animated enough and that you're looking... You know, you can listen, but to, there are certain cues we learn. But a course like this just helps get some other people's feedback on that sort of thing. Yeah, it's like when I'm speaking with somebody, you know, I I can hear their voice, so I, I face them and, you know, I, I'm not like looking the opposite direction or something. So there's like little cues like that when you can't see. But yeah, obviously eye contact, like real good eye contact might be a little bit tricky to have that exact going on. But it is just trying to, to be aware of it and, and think about it and kind of figure out, you know, you know, get some feedback from someone who can see and figure out maybe what you what you could try and work on. And I don't know, all these things are, I think, are important things that it's it's great to talk about. Um, so maybe just quick, let our listeners know for speaking with confidence. You said the the sixth session is starting up next week. What would be we can sh- we'll share this as a podcast, so we'll add in the podcast notes. But what would be the best way for somebody to reach out to you if they are interested in in this program? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we do, you can reach out to me through email um, and uh, that is nazarenbrood at gmail.com. That's N-A-S-R-E-N-B-H-U-T-T-A at gmail.com. That's probably the best way to reach out to me because once you do that, I'll be able to uh, connect with you. Otherwise, we have a Facebook page community out there call speak with confidence training if you go to facebook and search that it's a public group you can join the group and then you can also leave a message there you could see some of our highlights that we put up there and um we have a running list of all of our graduates uh including carrie's name is up there too (laughs) and um you can see our, our community it's a small but mighty community uh we've got about 50 60 graduates since we've put this together in 2020 and basically, you know, we do it for fun. It's it's not it's not work. It's not a chore. It's for fun and to kind of give back and, and help the community. So, whenever we run one, uh, you know, it's uh, take advantage of it if you can because this year we were only able to run two. We ran one earlier, the one that Carrie participated in session five. Now we're running session session six. Um, generally, we have generally we have run about uh, three sessions in the year, but. We, since we do it for fun and on our own time, and, and it's a volunteer thing that we do, uh, you know, we, we are trying to be mindful to run it at least once a year. So uh, my suggestion is if you are really interested in taking it and thinking, oh, maybe I'll wait for the next one, uh, 
you know, that maybe, you know, it may not be on cue on time as, as before. So that's something we did this year because we were really busy with our schedules and For traveling sure. a lot. So, you mm-hmm. know, that, that played into some of that. So just, just to say that if you want to take it, get on or and take it as soon as you can um, and not wait for the next one because that could be a bit. Awesome. Well, we'll share, we'll share all of the information again in the show notes. Uh, I will on social media here in the next day or so. Uh, so you spoke there. We want to touch quickly on a few of the other things you are doing because we have connections through that before we had them for this, this course. And that's how I heard about the course is Bold Blind Beauty. And so you talk about conferences and that's what, you know, if, even when you're working online, I'm sure you've gone to, there's always conferences to go to for, you know, AFB or the different organizations. Yes. But how did you get involved with some people there and in and, and, and this website, Bold Blind Beauty, which I stumbled across in 2014 when I first started blogging? And yeah. So like even just like a little bit of a, I guess your involvement might sort of already explain that, but it's sort of what, what blind, bold blind beauty is too, and what's behind that. I think we've have talked about it on this show before, Kara, when you went yeah. to that conference, but we haven't had, uh, we haven't St- had Stephanie on, on, no. on the show before. So, <laughs> yeah. So bold blind beauty, um, I've never heard of it in my life to be honest with you until I met the founder, uh, Stephanie McCoy, who is a wonderful, wonderful woman. And she's a good friend of mine. And um, we met up in a Facebook group back in 2018, and we were in a Zoom uh, call, and we had to do our introductions, and we went through the room just to introduce ourselves. But when Steph's turn, when it was Steph's turn to introduce herself, you know, when she spoke, something just drew me into her as a person. And at that time, I had no clue about Bobo and Beauty. I didn't even know what she did. I didn't know who she was. But just something that she, just her saying, hi, I'm, I'm so-and-so. Her introduction just blew me away that our connect just connected me just right then and there. And I knew that this is the one person out of this entire group that I want to really reconnect with uh, and network with after I'm done. And so I did. I did exactly that. Um, at that time, unfortunately, there was no um, cross sections where we could work together because I was in workforce development training. I was working with the sourcing, you know, foundation, doing training on recruiting and sourcing and other training type stuff or consulting type stuff that I was doing that just really didn't. Uh, overlapped into what she was doing um, and at the time she was with Bubble and Beauty and another uh a thing that she was working on was Captivate and another type of yeah I mean Bold Beauty has really grown from when I first spoke to her on Zoom there or no it would have been it would have been Skype back in 2014 we, yeah. we, we, we <laughs> connect Skype, Skype way back to Skype uh, I reached out to her through her blog form there and it was she started it all up from her own journey with going blind in her adult years and she's such a stylish lady and so yes. the perfect person and I, I was I was always just online looking to see if there were other bloggers with who are blind who talked about fashion because I've struggled with it especially the more more sight I've lost so yeah I, I came across it and so to see all the the ways it's grown since then there's a magazine yeah. magazines attached now it's not just like a, a blog resource and you also no. have a podcast, so you're involved in some of that or all of it? Yeah, so how's your involvement work now with in Pretty, with blog, pretty much blog. I'm involved in all of that. Yeah, Brian. So in 2019, I was away on the other side of the world, and I reconnected with her. Um, so in 2018, things didn't work out, but we just remained friends. But then in 2019, um, and, and I was sort of at the right time at the right place, I reconnected with her. And I just sort of uh, told, you know, I heard what was going on in her life at the time. And I said to her that I would love to join your team. Uh, and that, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not 
it's no fluff. I, I really do want to do what you're enjoying your team. I love what you're doing. Um, and uh, if I could help that in any way. So I ended up joining the team in 2019 as a, a chief communications officer for her, uh, with her. And from that point on, you know, we, yes, we did, you know, we'd uh, end up going the, the blog post or the, the blog platform. Uh, we created, we created Beyond Sight Magazine. And under Beyond Sight Magazine, um, you know, we put all the, all the features that she was already doing, like Men in Motion, Women on the Move, Kane Enabled. Um, we have a new section called Lifestyles now, which has like all the contributors and stories. And we have a beauty editor on board now. Uh, we launched the podcast, I think, in 2021, uh, something that Sylvia and I really wanted to do. And so um, we, we convinced Steph <laughs> in doing it. And um, we've been doing it since then, and we love it. It's a monthly podcast called Bold Blind Beauty on Air. On Air. A-I-R. Yep. And uh, Air stands for Access, Inclusion, and Representation. And so we are very mindful around that when we, you know, or when we have guests on or whatever our topic of choice is. Um, Dana Hennett joined our group, I think, last year sometime, and she's done the Beauty Bite so we have a little bit of insertion of the beauty minute, beauty bite for a minute, where she talks about you know the, the new trends in beauty because she's also part of the beauty uh, community. She um, is part of a, the PBA association and, and was working in the field uh, um, as well. So that was a great addition to our podcast. Um, and so we run it monthly, and we try to be innovative and creative with our guests. Pat and uh, we love doing the podcast. Yes, podcasting is quite the world whirlwind now. I find it. I mean, it was just getting big when I had the idea to start one in 2016. It, you know, so now it's it's everywhere, and with the pandemic, it's not for everybody. Some people are still on the streaming services or whatever, reading a book, I guess, but <laughs> outside doing something else. But a lot of people have been listening to podcasts, so that's I've I was excited to see that Bold Blind Beauty got that, and I think it's I I don't blame you for seeing what Steph Stephanie was doing and jumping on board like that because a lot of blind people and women as you're losing your sight you start to think well I can't see to pick out my colors anymore and I, I can't be fashionable at all and there's still a way to figure out what your your style and your fashion are even when you're struggling with that th stuff and so it was just so great when I found Stephanie's blog and, and all the things you guys have done with it since it's very very That's impressive that's the beauty of it, Carrie, because it's not all about makeup and beauty. It's about changing perceptions, breaking barriers, mm -hmm. and, you know, like, you know, access, inclusion, representation, you know, diversity, inclusion. It's about showcasing, you know, what blind people can really do to the outside community. It's bringing both communities together. We call them the allies, which is the sighted folks. And then obviously, you know, um, the BNBI uh, community together so that they can be in a one um, cohesive sort of like location where they can learn from one another and um, break those boundaries and perceptions that, you know, they go with blindness and oh, they can't do anything and uh, poor pity them or, you know, but and through, through learn, you know, through the platform, I have met some great um, individuals out there, great people in some fantastic careers that I didn't even think. And each time, you know, that helps to boost, you know, my confidence and my morale uh, that people with uh, disabilities, especially in our community, the blind and vision and you know visual impairment community, can do so much out there, just like everybody else or anybody else out there, and have a career, be professional, be parents, um, be lovers, be you know whoever they want to be, be um, you know be be in different types of relationships as well too, not just 
um, you know, one, you know, a man and woman relationship, but can, but can have um, heterosexual and homosexual relationships in the community and, and be okay about it and okay to talk about it. And so Bull Blind Beauty has done a few different things. We have a couple of different series that we promote during the year. One of them is, uh, my favorite is Awakening the Senses. Mm. And that is, we run it mm. twice a year as a podcast based around relationships in the blind community. And we're going to um, record one soon and, and have that come out in October. Uh, you know, and we've had about 300 about since we put that together. Um, and that's been really great. And let people talk about those type of, sense, those type of sensitive topics in our community that are not talked about because God forbid blind people have relationships or could they have them or how do they have them? And it's always curiosity and sometimes thing and sickening about what people come up with of how people can have relationships or what they do in these relationships um, being blind. It's just crazy. But we try to just, you know, demystify that and break those barriers by having an awakening senses topic around that. The other thing we talk about is up in the air and up in the air is um, a brand that we're building at Bold Blind Beauty and again, AAR stands for Access, Inclusion, and Representation. And we did an all-access fashion pass um, last year on it. This year, we've we've done um, we've had our beauty editor. She's done um, Summer Radiance, where she's talked about may, um, uh, makeup and uh, different practices that are ambassadors because we have um, some ambassadors of Gold Blind Beauty that represent our company as well too, and what their sort of favorite techniques and products and so and stuff are so we have up in the air we're going to be doing um coming up on up in the air webinar which is new to us on linkedin and the practices of linkedin which i'm going to be part of as well too <laughs> yeah, it's another one, interesting one because i think we it's one of those another <laughs> there's just so many places to go now online and sign up for and platforms yeah. and <laughs> linkedin's one of those ones i've been slowly sort of working away on it you know i have i think over 150 connections now like gradually starting to build but trying to edit the profile and really haven't really used it probably as much as I could. And it's, it's just like anything, oh. there's so much out there and to, and to learn those skills. So I think it is great that you offer, yeah. you offer so many so, different things and different areas that you, you, you're talking about there because. Well, I'll, I'll give you the sneak on a little, you know, a little uh, secret on that. That's going to be launching. Uh, we're going to be doing that live on October 6th. I believe it's coming up. So Brian, I hope you will sign up and come and learn and uh, be part of our live audience because we'll also do Q&A. And usually these these type of things are like, you know, waking the senses up in the air, like whatever whatever topic we're doing, beauty or fashion, or like these webinars, these, these uh, career-based webinars are going to be um, usually at 7 p.m. on one of the weeknights. I don't know which one they, that can alternate, but it's usually 7 p.m. So after everyone's sort of busy day, uh, we want to be able to catch everybody in all the time zones best we can to come into our fold to listen. So it's always on Zoom and it's a registered Zoom link. So Brian, I hope to see you up there. Very <laughs> cool. Yeah, I definitely look forward to it and I'll, I'll definitely try to make it out because I think that's uh, just so, there's so many opportunities out there now and especially now with things being virtual too. It just opens that up even more. And of course, sometimes being in person is nice too, but just to have that option because, you know, we talk about a lot as blind people. It's, it's like, well, for anyone, it takes you know, time to travel and stuff. But when you, when you can't see it, it takes a little bit more planning and stuff to always be traveling. So it eliminates that time. And, and, and anyway, it's just, it's, it's, it's such great services that, uh, that, that you offer there and so much as well with, with bold blind beauty. And it, we talked about that earlier about when you lose your sight, you often or gradually start to lose vision. You kind of feel lost sometimes and, not, and you don't have somebody to, you know, somewhere to go or someone to look up to for some tips. And it sounds like you, you've definitely found that in, uh, in Stephanie and, and Bold Blind Beauty. So, 
Oh, I, I love I love working with with her, the team. We also have a virtual internship program, which we um, we're working with a couple of organizations down in New York State that will supply as interns. So we also give back by you know helping uh, the interns to have uh, the students to be have an internship with us. Uh-huh. And on a real business platform. So it, there's a lot. Lots of stuff. And I, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, for anyone who is interested in, in speaking with confidence, and it's definitely something I think, you know, anyone should consider consider taking, they can reach out to Nazreen Buta. The best way is by email. That's N-A-S-R-E-E-N-B-H-U-T-T-A at gmail.com. Nazreen Buta at gmail.com. As you said, there's also a Facebook group for speaking with confidence. I think that's, what was what it's called if people yeah, just search that on speaking Facebook? Speaking with confidence training. Right. Speaking right. with confidence yeah. training, if people look that up. And yeah. of course, we'll share all that in the podcast notes um, when, yes. we, when we post this up. So we have a few minutes left actually here on Outlook. It's been so great speaking with Nazarene and just so much covered. So Yeah, I mean, I just, I wanted to be able to give my reflections on taking this program for anybody who's listening, who is losing their vision or is blind and wants some practice with speaking with confidence. And... I didn't want to take over the whole thing, but, but you know, it, it was such a great each week and all the speeches you say we, we do in the course, I got to just exhibit different interests of mine and different styles. And it's hard because we do a show like this and there's a lot of ums and there's a lot of, you knows and things, fillers and to not be afraid of pausing sometimes, but knowing when to do that for how long, all of this stuff you teach Nazarene at this, in this program, speaking with confidence uh, I've really learned a lot and I learned a lot from everyone else. And so it was a great group and I appreciate all the thoughtful feedback you offered us. Um, again, speaking with confidence in the last few minutes here, we just wanted to end on what are you, what would you say some tips are for speaking with confidence and public speaking? Sorry, can you repeat that question? Maybe just yeah, finish with a with a quick tip on on what we what you would say. What would, maybe you repeat it better, good than I. Yeah, just it. just one. Speaking of confidence, one tip at the end about what tips you have that sort of things you offer in this program about how you how you can improve your speaking skills and your confidence. One of the tips I would say is that to really exercise the power of the pause. It's one of my favorite things, and what I say is where you put a sentence. I mean, sorry, in a sentence where you put a period that's where you should pause because when you're speaking, you know, it's just a chain of words that are coming out. It could be in a paragraph or sentence form. And when you're done, end it with a pause so that that way either somebody else can know, okay, now I can jump in and, you know, connect the bridge to speak myself or that you're going to make a shift in a topic or you have something else that you're going to make a shift in to say. It doesn't just end there. People don't like to hear people rambling on and on and on because without a breath and also to watch how you're speaking to make sure you have a good tone and pace when you're speaking uh, you don't want to sound like a um you know alvin the chipmunk and you don't want to sound like you know you've got you know your jaws at you know five level five either so you want to find yeah. that right balance that works for you right when you're speaking <laughs> awesome well let's end it there the hour goes by so fast and i really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule with all the things you are doing, Nazreen Buddha. Thanks for coming on Outlook today. And uh, I can't wait to hear in a group about how this next round goes for everyone and good luck to everyone doing it. Check that out, Speaking with Confidence. Thank you, Nazreen. Thank you, Brian and Carrie, for having me here. It's been um, so much fun and a delight. And uh, 
Thank you. I love your Outlook program and uh, really thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks so much. We really great to have you on today. Have a great week, everyone. Send us an email. Outlook on Radio Western at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Outlook CFB. And on Facebook, facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western.